Hey guys, it's Andy, and this is a prelude. I've already recorded today's episode, but I forgot to mention something. So I wanted to jump back in and make this edit at the beginning of the episode because I wanted to share a quote with you that really reminds me of what's happening in our industry. And I'm going to title the quote, Totally Nutballs. And it might be that I record an actual podcast episode about this. So the quote is, something that seems totally nutballs 10 years later is just how you do it. And this is actually the intro to Reed Hastings' podcast called Masters of Scale. And I'll go ahead and play the snippet with this quote for you right now. Stuff that just seems absolutely nutballs 10 years later. Like, well, that's just how you do it. We haven't made just how you do it. I highly recommend it. If you're into technology, entrepreneurship, totally listen to Reed Hastings' Master of Scale. And that quote is in his intro. And I think it has a lot to do with what we're going to see in our industry and the fact that what is nutballs today, like watering with a soil moisture sensor, in 10 years will just be the way we do it. Howdy. Good morning, good day, good afternoon, good evening. Greetings, Earth Dwellers. This is Andy Humphrey. Welcome to another episode of the Sprinkler Nerd Show where it is my job to push the envelope of what you think you may already know, to encourage you to think outside the start time, to unthink and relearn by giving you a mashup of technology, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship. Let's get into it. Today I have a focus on soil moisture sensing technology. That's the topic for today. We're going to get kind of into the weeds, but not too far, because this isn't a training class. But we're going to have a focus on soil moisture sensing technology, and I'm going to be talking a lot about it this year, because someone needs to carry the torch. Someone needs to be the soil moisture sensor evangelist, and that might as well be me. If you are an irrigation professional, old or new, who designs, installs, or maintains high-end residential, commercial, or municipal properties, and you want to use technology to improve your business, to get a leg up on your competition, even if you're an old-school irrigator from the days of hydraulic systems, this show is for you. So I have a soil moisture sensor in my hand. Rather, I have soil moisture on my mind. It's always on my mind, and basically it's been on my mind almost ever since I had the original aha moment back in 2004. I'll save the complete story for another episode, but I find it incredible that after 20 years, you know, 20 years later, it's 2023, but basically 20 years since I had my aha moment, we are still watering plants like it's 1998 or 1980, or 1995. We're still watering plants like it's yesterday. It was literally in 2004 that I sat in the office of the Toro Irrigation Marketing Manager. His name was Nick Hannipal. He was the Toro Irrigation Marketing Manager. This was Riverside, California. And he told me that soil moisture sensors would never work. Okay, and I say this, this is not a strike against Toro. This is just a person, right? The marketing manager told me soil moisture sensors would never work. And I can clearly remember his demeanor 
because of the way he made me feel. The way he made me feel was very stupid. <laughs> and here I was, I had an aha moment. I could see the future. I knew what was going to happen. And he made me feel stupid. And although Nick, you know, kind of had this confidence because he was the marketing manager of the Toro Irrigation Division, he was also a bit aloof and he had kind of this know-it-all personality. And he, he just didn't understand how to program an irrigation system. He was a marketing manager. He had really no tangible, real-world experience programming an irrigation system. And I think that now that I think about it, it was more like, it was more like he had an agenda. And he didn't want me or my ideas to get in the way of his agenda. Sounds funny, but it's also, you know, kind of corporate. He had an agenda. His agenda was essentially to push their new weather-based controller called IntelliSense, okay? And it was like my crazy idea to have them purchase Baseline and integrate a soil moisture sensor. It's like that would never work. That, and that's actually what he said to me. I think that may have been his exact words. Something like, Andy... Soil moisture sensors will never work. And in order to make it work, you would need dozens, dozens of them all over the property. And that's just way too complicated. This IntelliSense weather stuff is just easy. You push a couple buttons and it can save you up to 50% of the water. Something like that, okay? I, and in my mind, I was kind of just like, whatever you say, Nick, you're the marketing manager. I guess you know best, right? I could not argue with him. That's kind of what I was thinking. But in reality... Nick didn't know, and I think that he wouldn't—he really wouldn't allow himself to understand what was happening from someone like me, because he just simply wouldn't listen, and he just kept pushing his weather-based agenda. Like end of story. So I think after saying that, perhaps some some of you or all of you might agree with Nick. Maybe you think soil moisture sensors don't work, and that's totally cool. Call me out. You can call me out. That's my job here. Remember, I want to push the envelope. I want to get you to unthink and relearn. So you can totally call me out. And I will agree that a weather-based ET controller has the potential to be better than a timer. That we know. Weather-based ET controller has the potential, and I say potential, to be better than a timer. However, I would also add... I don't know if I would argue, maybe I would argue that mass adoption of those controllers is low. And for the systems that are already out there in the wild, I think a majority of them do not operate correctly and they leave a shit ton of doubt in the mind of the consumer. I would also say that before you take a stance on whether you agree or disagree with me and uh, the potential for soil moisture sensors. I would ask you, when was the last time you installed and programmed an irrigation system to run fully automatic using a soil moisture sensor? When was the last time you installed and programmed an irrigation system to run fully automatic using a soil moisture sensor? If your answer is never, then I would encourage you to listen, learn. Maybe give it a try. Do those things before you take a position. I think all too often we take a position from a, from a place of no experience. So I would say, 
Go get some experience. Let me help you get some experience. Please let me help you get some experience. Then we can have a more constructive conversation about it. So go get some experience. Then let's come back and have a more constructive conversation. So so I just mentioned that I think weather-based system, the mass adoption of weather-based systems is low. And for the systems that are out in the wild, a majority of them do not operate correctly, and they leave a shit ton of doubt in the mind of the consumer. And I believe that if you asked a random stranger on a park bench or the next person you sit next to on an airplane, if you ask them what tool would be best suited to automate a sprinkler system, I would guess their answer would be, a soil moisture sensor. And I say this because I've asked a lot of people, a lot of random uh, strangers that don't know what we know, I've asked them how to automate a sprinkler system and their default answer is typically a soil moisture sensor, okay? And then when, when you tell them that this technology is not ready of, readily available, they're usually shocked. <laughs> That's what always gets me, right? I'll ask the random stranger, how do you automate a lawn sprinkler system? And when they realize that that technology is not available, they're typically shocked, okay? And when I say readily available, I say that because although this technology is available, it's either you know too costly for the everyday system or too basic and doesn't provide the right type of information and automation, okay? So to give you some more specifics, I'd like to share an email with you that I received last week from a customer of my direct-to-consumer store, sprinklersupplystore.com. And I got this, uh, we received this email, it came to me, and I'm going to leave the name anonymous. So let's just say it came from John. And John writes to me, he says, Andy, I have a 4,000 square foot lawn in New York that is fully irrigated and with great looking lawn and real mowing, all is going well. I've been looking into wireless soil moisture sensors, but it looks like this space might still be maturing. With offerings from Toro, Ecowit, Plaid, Geodrops, etc. I've watched your videos on the topic and curious at this point if you have a product suggestion. I'm thinking about one per zone, seven of them, to start. Okay, That's what John asked me. And I love this question, like love, 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 love this question. And the reason I love it so much is that I think, number one, the request for a soil moisture sensor is coming directly from the consumer. I love that. We are seeing technology come from the bottom up. Consumers are becoming as smart as us in industry. They want to they want to learn more. They are pushing the envelope. We are, se- we, are, we are seeing technology now come from the bottom up, not the top down, okay? That's the first reason I love this question is it came from the consumer. The second reason I love this question is because I don't have an answer for him. And that's what makes this interesting. That's what makes this fun. That's what's going to make the next 10 years of our industry extremely fascinating, to me anyway, hopefully to you too. But the fact that it's 2023, we can use like artificial intelligence to automatically write term papers, but we can't water the average lawn with soil moisture sensor, with a soil moisture sensor is like fucking crazy. It is crazy. 
for the average U.S. home, I think that, you know, building a soil-based control system would be rather simple. Like, it's, it's not that hard. Yet we complicate the heck out of irrigation. This is today. We complicate the heck out of irrigation by making it necessary for the homeowner to understand evapotranspiration when understanding that is not necessary for the consumer. It's, it's necessary for us, the professional, but the consumer shouldn't have to worry about evapotranspiration and ET rate and depletion. It's just way too complicated for them, and it's not necessary. So today, I want to talk about how a soil moisture sensor can control an irrigation system. And the reason that I want to talk about this is because I want to make you think, and I really want you to know how they work. I want you to know how they work so you can be better armed to answer the questions when someone asks you the question, okay? So simply stated, uh, and this is generally how I describe a soil moisture sensor, and I'm going to keep it simple. Simply stated, a soil moisture sensor can determine two things and only two things. Okay, we're going to start with, here. well, here are the two things. Number one, when to water. Number two, how long to water. That's it. I'm done. Have a nice day, everyone. Just kidding. <laughs> but I needed to pause, you know, just to trick you into thinking the episode was over. But really, that's it. That's all a soil moisture sensor can provide and automate is when to water and how long to water or both. So I guess there's three, but it's when and how long. That is what a soil moisture sensor provides. And it's up to you, the programmer, to create a program that also fits into the other needs of the site, okay? And we're not going to get into all of that because I don't want to complicate today, but I want to first talk about the when. Let's talk about the when to water. What does that mean? What does when mean? When means dry, okay? Or a lower threshold depletion point, right? A, a lower threshold depletion point at which you would like to activate the schedule, okay? So when, if when is dry, when is also the start, okay? And I want you to keep in mind that start is typically two variables. It's, as we know of start, it is a day and time, okay? That's what you would program into an everyday controller for start, start day, start time, all right? And because it's not often that we allow an irrigation system to activate at any time on demand, just willy-nilly, right? Rather, we generally prefer to start it based on time and day, okay? So with a soil moisture sensor, the first thing it determines is when to water. And you can absolutely water on demand in real time. It is dry now, start, and the zone can come on. That is totally possible, but that generally doesn't fit into... A, a site where we still need a day and time, all right? So um, keep that in mind. And if you wanted to water real-time on-demand, that's absolutely possible, and we do see that in areas, you know, that are being watered, like with drip. We also see that on green roofs and places that are uh, sort of not open and in public view, if you will. So Again, this is not a training, not a training class, not a training s seminar. And if you would like to know more about 
the when or the start or how the sensor can do that, then contact me. I would love to go deeper with you. And again, we're going to talk about this a lot more this year. Okay. So this is just me planting the seed. Okay. That's the first variable, when to water. Now let's discuss the second variable, how long. That's number two, how long to water, which is, you know, AKA the runtime. Okay. So what does how long to water mean? How long means water until the soil is wet. <laughs> Specifically, water until the soil reaches field capacity. Field capacity. Water until the soil reaches field capacity. And you might be asking, what is field capacity? And I'll say, great question. Field capacity is the scientific value for the soil's ability to hold water after gravitational drainage. So you fill the soil all the way up, it drains due to gravity, then you take a reading, boom, that is field capacity. It's a scientific value, right? Anything more would be saturation, okay? So field capacity also means perfectly wet. It's like filling up a glass of water exactly to the brim without one drop spilling over the edge. That is field capacity. We can measure it with a soil moisture sensor and we can water right to it, okay? Keep in mind that watering exactly to the top of the glass without a drop going over is not always easy. And there are some variables to consider, but it is possible. And because this is not a training class right now, I'm not gonna go into all of the little details, but you can contact me. I would love to discuss this in like the greatest detail that we can. All right. However, I would love to leave you thinking about something as it relates to watering to field capacity, because I think it's really, really important. And it's part of when you want to water to field capacity is part of understanding how and also not being disappointed when you try and you fail to do it. All right. So what I want you to think about is where the sensor is located. And I'll give you a minute to ponder this. You know, where is the sensor located? And when I say where, I don't mean geographically around the site. What I mean is how deep is the sensor, right? How deep do we bury the sensor? And it is typically recommended to bury a soil moisture sensor in the top one-third of the root zone because that is where two-thirds of the root mass is located. And if we use turf grass as an example the soil moisture sensor should be buried about two to three inches down, right? That's the correct answer for turf grass. Two to three inches down is the top one-third of the root zone, okay? So the physical soil moisture sensor will be two to three inches underground. Now I want you to think about how long it takes for water to move two to three inches down in the soil profile. How long does that take? Does it take five minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 60 minutes? The answer is that it depends. It depends on the soil type, the soil structure, the soil compaction, etc. So what I want you to think about, to consider and understand is that it takes time. It takes some amount of time for the drop of water to reach the sensor. So if you want to water until the soil is perfectly wet and the soil is or the sensor is 2 to 3 inches down, 
then you need to allow time for the water to travel through the soil to reach the sensor. Okay? And the only way, well, I guess it's to be the only way. The only way to do this, to allow time for the water to reach the sensor, is to use the cycle and soak method. Okay, let's just assume everybody listening to this is familiar with the cycle and soak method. Some controllers, you can have this, others do not. Some you have to kind of uh, make a hybrid by stacking programs and putting the same zone on different programs and et cetera to make it work. But you need to cycle and soak the zone in order to allow time for the water to reach the sensor. Okay, so here's an example. If you water for 30 minutes, you may have overwatered for 25 minutes. Maybe the soil only needed five minutes, but you applied 25 minutes, okay? So to get it right, you have to break up the runtime into what I like to call doses, all right? And word to the irrigation industry, seriously, I'm coining this phrase, micro-dosing. We have to micro-dose our sprinklers in order to allow time for the water to reach the sensor, okay? Cycle and soak is kind of confusing for consumers. I think that dosing is a better way to describe this. So you need to dose the system. And depending on the soil type, you need to allow for the correct amount of time between the doses. So the, the, the dose time matters and the time between doses matters because you need to allow time for the water to reach the sensor. And if the sensor is satisfied to feel capacity after just one dose, then only one dose is required. So think about that 30 minutes. Let's say it was going to be a 10-minute dose. Maybe you want to allow 20 minutes between doses. So maybe the system only needs that first 10 minutes. Then it's satisfied after an 8-minute pause time and then it won't reapply the other doses. That is the only way to water to field capacity, and how you set that up depends a bit on your soil because you need to allow time for the water to reach the sensor, and that amount of time is determined by the type of soil and the structure of the soil and the compaction of the soil, et cetera. But you can measure it with a soil moisture sensor so you can actually see, you can see it happening. All right? And this is like... <laughs> all the breath I have for one episode. <laughs> so my goal was simply to make you think. That was it. Think about what happens when the drop of water hits the ground. Think about how the water moves through the soil. Think about those two variables I just mentioned. When to water, a.k.a. when is the soil dry, and how long to water, a.k.a. when is the soil wet again. All right. I think this information is the future of our industry. This will be the way it is. We will look back and wonder how we did it any other way. Okay. Weather and ET will be used for calculating irrigation demand. It'll be used for analysis, predictions. But in the future, a soil moisture sensor will be used to make real-time watering decisions. And I want to leave you with one last thought. This, is, this can be a fun exercise with your friends. Actually, not your friends. With your irrigation, with your sprinkler nerd buddies, okay? So go do this with your sprinkler nerd buddies. Go outside and ask yourself, how long right now do I need to run this zone to fill the soil up to perfectly wet? 
Go out with your sprinkler nerd friends, look around, and ask yourself right now, how long do I need to water this zone to fill it up to perfectly wet? (laughs) Because I would argue that there is no weather station or algorithm in the world that can give you the right answer. Okay? Have fun with it. Challenge yourself. Find a project you can install some of this equipment on. Start learning how it works. I think you'll be way ahead of the competition. And if you would like to talk more about this or if you would like to hire me to speak at your office or an event, I would absolutely love it. So that's it for today, guys. Please share this episode with a friend, a colleague, a client, your neighbor, or another nerd. And remember, the future is here. It is just not distributed yet. That's it. I'm out. See you later.